0: Welcome to CoinStack, our podcast and newsletter on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, DeFi, blockchain, Web 3.0, and the future of money. Let's get started. CoinStack is sponsored by HeartRhythm, the crypto quant fund focused on global and social transformation. For three years now, their crypto trading strategies have generated exceptional returns without a single down month by using a combination of algorithmic trading, margin lending, DeFi yield farming, and hedged liquidity pools. HeartRhythm is now hiring to scale up their team, which is currently based in San Francisco, Boulder, and Chicago, but it's a remote first team, so you can live anywhere. They're hiring smart contract developers, quant engineers, data scientists, and a COO and CFO with hedge fund experience. If you're interested in joining their exceptional team or learning more about their crypto quant fund and social impact focus, visit heartrhythm.com. That's rhythm like algorithm, R-I-T-H-M. Thank you to Heartrhythm for sponsoring this episode of Coinstack.
1: What's going on, everyone? This is Mike, a favorite DeFi Degen, local analyst here over at CoinStack. In today's episode, we have Crypto 2021 Review Part 2 by Ryan Ellis, managing partner at HeartRhythm, as well as the publisher over here at CoinStack. So in this episode, we're actually going to do the second take, which is story 6 through 10 of our review of the craziness that happened in the crypto industry. We'll be going over the following stories. Number 6, NFTs Go Mainstream. Number seven, the year of the crypto hedge fund. Big story number eight, the year of the fundamentals to matter in crypto. Number nine, China makes a major geopolitical blunder banning Bitcoin. And last but not least, number 10, we have digital assets are taken seriously in D.C. So let's jump right on in. Crypto 2021 in review. Part two by Ryan Alice. Managing partner at HeartRhythm. And publisher of CoinStack big story number 6 NFTs go mainstream this was the year that NFTs went mainstream from beeple's 69 million dollar sale of 5000 days in february to saturday night lives nft skit in march we saw 2021 be all about non-fungible tokens you can read our coinstack issue on NFTs over on coinstack.substack.com The biggest three use cases for NFTs are, number one, buying access into communities that often have private Discord and Telegram channels where trading information is shared and marketing of the project is coordinated. Number two, buying digital assets that have utility inside games, like Axie Infinity or Townstar. And number three, buying digital assets that have utility inside metaverses like Decentraland or Sandbox. While there are other uses coming in the realm of music, ticketing, and even real estate deeds, the above are the most common use cases so far for successful projects. Key tip. So many artists have published NFTs this year and haven't sold any. This is often because they haven't built a community of owners who then market for them. For new artists publishing NFTs, we recommend publishing on Polygon to keep gas fees low, roughly $1 instead of $100 to mint an NFT and keep your first 100 sale prices super low, like $2. Only once you have 100 plus owners and an active community of promoters who are incentivized to promote you should you start to raise your prices above a few dollars per piece. You can also attach real world incentives like a printed frame original, send via mail, or a chance to meet you as a way to increase your sales. Below, you can see that the five most successful NFT projects of all time are CryptoPunks, Board Ape Yacht Club, Decentraland, Un Ape Yacht Club, and Sandbox. Every single one of these fits into either a community of high net worth crypto traders, utilities to get tips and flex egos by being part of it, or metaverses slash games, where utility is digital land or game assets. However, the order changes if you look at the current daily volume which shows the projects with the most activity right now. The top five are Adidas Originals, Clonex, My Pet Hooligan, Terraforms, and Fingdoms. Finally, if you sort by the highest current floor resale value, you get the following leaders, Bored A Yacht Club, Deef Beef, INFT, RTFKT, and BeeFriends. Note that the current floor price for CryptoPunk is 51 ETH, or roughly, 200,000 USD, but for some reason, DeFi Llama didn't have that data. The most expensive NFT sales for the week are as follows, with CryptoPunk8713 in the lead, selling for $714,656. Big story number seven, the year of the crypto hedge fund. This was the year of the crypto hedge fund. Multicoin, who backed Solana early, and Polychain, who backed Avalanche early, had particularly good years. In August, I joined as a managing partner with crypto hedge fund called Rhythm, which focuses on crypto yield generation for high net worth investors and institutional asset allocators as an alternative to lower yields from bonds, saving accounts, treasuries, and crypto banks. We do DeFi as a service, as well as margin lending, tax liquidity provision, and some algorithmic trading. Please reach out to me if you'd like additional information about what we do. It's worth going back to our November 2021 article, Crypto Hedge Funds in Ecosystem Map, one of our most read articles all year. At a 30,000-foot level, there are four main types of crypto hedge funds, each with its advantages I discuss in the article. Number one, crypto yield funds. Crypto yield funds invest in DeFi, arbitrage, staking, and margin lending to generate positive yield at higher rates of return than corporate bonds or traditional fixed income, usually with low volatility and high sharp ratios. Often, these funds can generate 12 to 20% net returns per year in a market neutral way, allowing for relative safety during both bull and bear markets. Number two, crypto quant funds. Crypto quant funds invest in crypto using algorithms and AI machine learning to generate returns, often with high frequency trading. These are often highly volatile and affected by market conditions. Number three, crypto token funds. Crypto token funds invest in early stage token projects. These type of funds can offer high returns during bull markets, but often achieve negative returns in bear markets. Number four, crypto venture funds. A crypto venture fund invests in early stage token projects, in both tokens and equity. And they usually have a seven to 10 year lockup for those investors. For those of you who are subscribed to the uh, newsletter, you can actually see a map of the existing crypto hedge fund ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Cello. The mobile-first blockchain that makes financial tools accessible to anyone with a mobile phone number is a proud sponsor of CoinStack. Connect, transact, and store your crypto assets on the Celo blockchain using only an SMS interface. Celo is fully compatible with Ethereum, so you can run smart contracts built in solidity. It uses proof-of-stake consensus, has high throughput, and five-second transaction finality. Celo is now the fourth fastest-growing blockchain in all of DeFi. Learn more about Celo's family of stablecoins by visiting celo.org. Big story number eight, the year fundamentals started to matter in crypto. 2021 was definitely the year fundamental analysis from shops like Mazzari, Delphi, The Block, Token Terminal, and yes, CoinStack, began to change the game. My favorite crypto analysts are usually ex bankers like Mir Cristianato, who recently left Mazzari for other pursuits. Those who realize that reviewing and placing investment bets using transparent blockchain and DApp data on multi-active users, total value locked, and earnings can give investors a big advantage going forward. Here, where all the blockchain applications, DAPs, with over 50 million or more in protocol revenues, revenues that go to token holders, usually directly via staking or indirectly via token burns in the last 365 days. And in the below image, are all the blockchains ranked by revenues in the last 365 days? I had to use a logarithmic scale since Ethereum is so far behind, having generated 9.6 billion revenue in the last year alone, more than 9x Bitcoin and 300x Avalanche. 4.9 billion of those revenues in the last year from Ethereum's blockchain usage have gone back to Ethereum token holders indirectly in the form of burning, which reduces the overall supply of Ether, keeping the price up through continual supply reduction something Bitcoin does not offer. Ethereum is on track once it launches its proof-of-stake upgrade around mid-2022 to have a negative net issuance annually, which should further buoy its price. Ethereum is currently trading at 35.8x price-to-earnings multiple, less than an average S&P 500 stock, while it should be valued at more like Tesla and high-growth assets, which is trading at 300 PE ratio. What are the apps with the lowest P-E ratios? It looks like PancakeSwap. Next is Mutual, Cap, and DYDX are trading at the best values right now. It's amazing how inexpensive these apps are compared compared to their cash flows, especially considering how fast their cash flows are growing. Yes, my friends, fundamentals matter now in crypto. If you can learn this, you will be able to make wise investment decisions and separate the signal from the noise and potentially outperform a basket index of the overall crypto market. Big story number nine, China makes a major geopolitical blunder. One of the biggest stories of 2021 was China making a 30 year generational mistake and banning Bitcoin mining in May 2021. China thinks it can insulate itself from the rest of a global financial system and rely only on its central bank digital currency CBDC. But digital yuan, which has now launched and will get major promotion during the Beijing Winter Olympics in February 2022. But who wants to invest in a central bank, digital currency, whose supply can be manipulated and changed at any time? The world wants e-money, where the supply of it doesn't keep going up, leading to massive inflation and hurting the poor by inflating their savings away and keeping the cost of goods going up forever. This is why Bitcoin with a formulaic declining increase in supply each year, and Ethereum, with an actual decrease in total supply starting in 2022, once POS launches, and their algorithmic stablecoin cousins, like DAI, UST, FEI, and OHM, all have meaningful potential to become the global reserve currency by 2035, displacing the currency issues by centralized governments that too often change supply, with hugely damaging effects on their citizens. The world is split into two camps, Centralized planners who attempt to control everything, China, and the decentralized innovators who trust decision making at the edge where knowledge is greatest instead of at the core. Decentralized innovators with proper incentives, alignment, and complex systems will always outcompete and produce better results than centralized planners. We've already seen how central planning went for China and USSR the first time around 1917 through 1989. While China will likely succeed in making its own, CBDC, the only currency within its borders, it will cut itself off from the rest of a global financial system to do so, deeply hurting its people and economy, and sadly and terribly preventing 1.4 billion people from being able to save in a currency that can't be manipulated by a central bank. I know their intentions are likely good, but they are disobeying a core law of nature and distributed decision-making. Here's a great and relevant quote from the health educator, Dave Asprey from this week. Complex system will only exist when you distribute decision-making to the edges. It's how we built the internet. It's how your body is made. Your brain would explode if it had to make all the right decisions for every cell in your body. That's why cells make most of their own decisions. The same principle applies universally. In your body, when a brain tries to override the system, you get massive ego stress. And then individual cells get weak, and can even turn against the body by becoming cancerous. In governments and societies, when the highest level of government tries to override the system of society, you get massive societal stress. This decision to ban Bitcoin mining and effectively give us, the US, Europe, and the rest of Asia, a monopoly on one of the largest sectors of innovation in the economy. This will become a geopolitical disaster for china as they essentially banned themselves from the fastest growing sector of the global financial economy it wouldn't be surprised if the decision is reversed within three years as we move into the post breton woods financial system that is based on continual markets tokens smart contracts innovation this is one of the reasons why i am bullish on america we aren't a nanny state that tries to control everyone and everything i'm looking at you australia in the meantime thanks for the huge economic gift china the U.S. share of Bitcoin mining went from 16.8% April 2021 to 35.4% by August 2021. One bold prediction, that by the end of 2025, the U.S. will need to create its own CBDC stablecoin to compete with the digital yuan. Instead of doing so within the government, we'll nationalize the USDC coin from Center and Coinbase and make USDC part of the FDIC system. Big story number 10, digital assets get taken seriously in DC. 2021 was a year that digital assets got taken seriously in Washington, DC. In January, we saw blockchain expert Gary Gensler take over as SEC chair. We also saw former comptroller of the currency Brian Brooks go from Binance.us CEO to Bitfury CEO to congressional guide. Here's a quote from Mr. Brooks' present and wise December 8th, 2021 testimony. First, a national policy agenda that takes crypto compliance seriously should assess whether it makes more sense to continue to keep crypto activities largely out of the regulated financial system or to bring them inside the system precisely so they can be supervised and operated with appropriate levels of risk management. For example, is it consistent with the taking the position that only banks should be allowed to issue stablecoins but then fail to grant bank charters to large issuers of stablecoins? That would, after all, bring stablecoin activity within the ambit of national bank supervision. Or does it make sense to bring enforcement actions challenging certain crypto assets as unregistered securities, but then fail to allow those assets to be registered and trade on national security exchanges or alternative trading systems that is supervised by FINRA and the SEC? While there are people that just don't properly understand digital assets, distributed ledger technology and smart contracts yet, like Elizabeth Warren, and Janet Yellen, we now have many political leaders who do get it, like Cynthia Loomis, Hester Pierce, Francis Suarez, Andrew Yang, Eric Adams, and Ted Cruz. Yes, my friends, smart contracts built on distributed blockchains will underpin all of the global finances by 2035. And all financial assets are in the process of being tokenized and will trade 24-7, 365 by the end of the decade. From stocks to bonds to real estate, it does it. It is as inevitable as the switch from ticker tape to digital price quotes. The party which embraces digital assets the most will be the ones doing the best in fundraising in 2024 and 2028. Right now, Republicans are the bigger fans. But there's still time for Democrats, like Eric Adams, to realize this is the future, just like the internet fundraising was the future in 1997, which led to Howard Dean's initial rise in 2004 and Barack Obama's eventual rise in 2008. Yes, for the politicals reading this, getting behind a digital asset bandwagon 2022 is like getting behind a social media bandwagon in 2004. And don't forget, friends, Bitcoin is now legal tender in El Salvador. Yep, the course of human monetary history was changed this year by El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukel. Congratulations, sir. And thank you, Jack Maulers, and Strike for your work enabling this historic moment.
0: CoinStack is sponsored by HeartRhythm, the crypto quant fund focused on global and social transformation. For three years now, their crypto trading strategies have generated exceptional returns without a single down month by using a combination of algorithmic trading, margin lending, DeFi yield farming, and hedged liquidity pools. HeartRhythm is now hiring to scale up their team, which is currently based in San Francisco, Boulder, and Chicago, but it's a remote first team, so you can live anywhere. They're hiring smart contract developers, quant engineers, data scientists, and a COO and CFO with hedge fund experience. If you're interested in joining their exceptional team or learning more about their crypto quant fund and social impact focus, visit heartrhythm.com. That's rhythm like algorithm, R I T H M. Thank you to Heartrhythm for sponsoring this episode of Coinstack.